Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. Listen! What is going on, Super Nintendos? It is episode 587 of Nintendo Voice Chat. I am your host, Seth Macy. I am joined today by Reb Valentine. I've emerged from the rubble of a review to see you, Seth. Oh. 
little old me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Pear Schneider. Hey, Seth. Good to see you. Good to see and you as else. well. And, of course, industry legend, Kat Bailey. It wouldn't be an episode of NBC otherwise. Hi, Seth. It's the 20th anniversary of the GameCube, and I just want to shout out Ooh. its most underrated game, Italian Wars. Oh, man. It's so underrated. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. It's a poll. It's based on the Advance Wars series, but it's oh. in real time, and it's surprisingly yep. good. Really? 3D. Was that Kuju or who made mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Was that? Did that ever come to the United States? Or was yes, it sure did. I bought it. <laughs> Whoa! I bet you that's one of those ones that if you go on eBay right now, it, has, it fetches a pretty penny. Or if not, I'm going to order it before this episode goes out, and then just flip it after. You know, everyone, look at this. Red. Oh my god! He. Wow! Yeah. wow that was B-roll. really fast. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's very different from Advance Wars. It's not grid based combat and and you know it's it's 3d um with full control of your of your vehicles and and units it was it was a really cool experiment it's sad that it just kind of went away it's shockingly good and it's still shockingly good today yeah looks better than battlefield 2042 (laughs) shots fired yeah absolutely let's shoot a couple more uh shots while we're at it today multiverses was announced which is another (laughs) soulless smash clone and it's not coming to switch how do you know it's soulless because yeah, it could be really good for all we know for all yeah what, is, what if yeah yeah i'm just that, making, that's a new dev team it's a new dev team of some you know experienced industry people like there is one um on screen uh but yeah it, it looks a little bit like disney infinity art style huh it does yeah it, that's yeah. a great way to to put it yeah i mean look at it come on if you're watching this at home, it looks like it looks like uh, great value Super Smash Brothers. It just wow. You, well, yeah. you know what I think contributes to that. So in Smash Brothers, every character that makes it into Smash Brothers basically looks like themselves, right? Like yes. Sephiroth and Mario come from different universes, but you have them both in Smash, and Sephiroth clearly looks like Sephiroth, and Mario looks like Mario, and there's no question here. However, some of these characters, like Arya Stark does not look like Arya Stark. No. is a cartoon version of herself, so it inherently looks like some sort of knockoff. But also, she couldn't look like herself because that's a real person, and that wouldn't work. And so everything has Likenesses. been like... Right. All the edges are rounded on everybody, and everybody just looks a little bit off, you know? And I think... I don't know why that makes everything look cheap suddenly, but yeah, it, it does, does kind of have that effect. It's it's the you know it's obviously Arya is a real life uh, there's an actress playing her right yeah. but like even the cartoon characters like I've grown up with Tom and Jerry so I know what they look like but this is kind of like the new generation of animation that makes everything more three D yeah. uh, whereas like Toon Link looks like Toon Link in Smash right, right. like they yeah. didn't they didn't change him to match the universe he just kind of like. It just works in 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 Smash. Yeah. No, I hear you. Like we've seen this before, and like you know, there've been a couple challengers to the Smash Brothers platform fighter crown, right? From Sony, and Sony mix up all its characters. This one is is going to be tricky because they're not they're from animation and and TV and comic books rather than from other video games. So yeah, I hear you. It's it's got. It, it's going to have to work really hard to convince us that it's anywhere near as good as Smash. And then there's the stigma of free-to-play game. You know, Wait, I did not know that you know, aspect Oh, yeah, it's it. free-to-play. It's free-to-play. And then them not going on, on Switch um, is an interesting decision. I mean, you could argue that it's a, that is the red ocean that you don't want to run jump into because it has the best 
game of all these platform fighters. Oh shit, at, I love it. At the at the same time, at the same time, it's like there is an audience there that has demonstrated in the millions that they play this kind of game. Yes. So and we finally an get interesting decision. We get Ultra Instinct Shaggy, which everybody thought was going to happen in Smash for some reason because of a meme. Yeah. So. And he does like nope. explode his shirt off, which we all, you know, remember those classic Scooby Doo moments where Shaggy's shirt would explode off his body when he would see oh, a, yeah. a spooky ghost. My favorite part. <laughs> Who can forget it? This is what gets me about this game is that they're making a big deal out of the fact that it has rollback netcode, which is a nice addition. But this yes. is the same thing with Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. They are focusing on the small but very vocal competitive community. Smash Brothers is not popular because of its competitive community. It is very not popular because of online play. It is <laughs> popular because its characters are exquisitely rendered and incredibly faithful to yes. their original designs. Every time you play a character in Smash Brothers, it feels like you are actually playing that character from the video game in which they originated. The level of detail and care that goes into it makes it seem like an actual Nintendo museum yes so when i see this fortnite ass smash brothers clone <laughs> that is just throwing in licenses like scooby-doo yep. and tom jerry who the hell cares about tom jerry tom and jerry in this game yeah okay. i just roll my eyes to tom and jerry I again, I grew up with those cartoons, so I love those characters. But yeah, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to buy a, a, a game to play as them. I, I thought we weren't going to have a cat take, and then a, a cat take just <laughs> as emerged. an organic cat take. Yeah, I, well, I, I, yeah. I did a trial balloon on Twitter. Just feeling. It <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If, if Shaggy doesn't take a, a loaf of bread and a stack of bologna mm -hmm. and shuffle them like a deck of cards, then this game is not faithful to its source material in any yeah. shape or form. So no. Thank you. I'm hoping that somebody enjoys it, but you won't be enjoying it on Switch. But yeah, that was announced today. That's a baffling decision. I, yeah, I, I just I wonder if there must be a tech thing going on. Like you would think the art style wouldn't be a problem with the Switch. I don't know what engine it's being actually made in, um, but I don't know. Is it an online play thing? Like I'm actually genuinely curious as to why it's not coming out on Switch. Um, I think I think it's the minimum viable product approach where they can only <laughs> do so many versions at once because it's a small team. And so they pick mm -hmm. the ones where they think they have the biggest chance to uh, work. Um, uh, and, and then, you know, I, I don't know, like, who knows whether there were negotiations with Nintendo around how, you know, what the rev share is on the free to play model or all that. We, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, so. that's true. I. I have a feeling if it's successful, it'll it'll move to Switch because yeah, the the visuals, the visual fidelity definitely is not keeping it from being done on Switch. I'm a huge non fan of the visual style of this game because none of the characters look right at all. Um, Finn and Jake from Adventure Time do not look good in three dimensions. They look real, real weird, and that is one of the greatest animated series of all time. And then it just looks but soulless. if it gets people to watch Steven Universe and Adventure Time. Then that, maybe it's a worthwhile endeavor. Okay, yeah. Those are two excellent programs. Mm. If, if somebody is watching Steven Universe because of what they see in this game, then the <laughs> any any of the points made by Steven Universe are going to fly completely over their he head. He didn't fight Batman oh. once in this series. <laughs> <laughs> those two things are so completely at odds with one another. Yeah, it's such a sweet show. But well, that was multiverses and it's not coming to switch. But let's talk about something that's also 
not coming to Switch. I reviewed a little device, a little standalone device called the Game & Watch Legend of Zelda. Look at that. Oh, oh guy. Beautiful. Do you know what I gave it? I gave it a nine because it is amazing, and that is what our review scale is. Nine is amazing. And uh, the reason I gave it a nine and thought it was so amazing because it improves over the Super Mario one, which I also love. I keep them at arm's reach at all times. Um, but it improves on it. This one only has Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers of Lost Levels, which is Super Mario Brothers in Japan. However, the Game & Watch for Zelda throws in Zelda for the NES, Zelda 2 for the NES, uh, Link's Awakening for the DS, or for the DS, for the Game, Game Boy. Boy. But then it also throws in the Japanese versions of the two NES games or the Famicom versions. And you could play through Link's Awakening in uh, German, French, Japanese, or English. So you get the, uh, what's, a, what's a quad, what's a trifecta, a quadfecta? Quadrilingual. You get the yeah, Per the Schneider quadfecta right there. The quadrilogy. So, the quadrilogy. Oh. Um, I was not aware of, and I mentioned this in my review, I knew... Of course, that the original Legend of Zelda released in um, Japan on the Famicom Disk System, and it had like better sound because there's more sound hardware there. I did not know that the Legend of Zelda 2 has different sounds, and it's so much better in Japanese. And when you go into a village and talk to people, they go, they speak in a fake Nintendo language, which is a soft spot in my heart. Unfortunately, you could play through the Japanese version of The Legend of Zelda on NES probably pretty, pretty easily without a guide just from memory, but I don't know Legend of Zelda 2 enough to play it from memory, and I also mm -hmm. don't speak or read any Japanese at all that's not emoji-based, so uh, I unfortunately will not be playing through that. But did anyone else pick up? I, you know, I, I haven't even tried the Japanese versions in there. So it's the Famicom disk system version? Yeah, so you get all the, ah. everything with them. So you get the way better sounds. I didn't know. I mean, I the knew. The music is so good. The music is so yeah. much better. The sound yeah. of Link's sword when he has full heart containers is completely different. It's like this richer, more metallic, magical sound that I didn't know. But the, the, uh, the sounds in The Legend of Zelda 2 in Japanese were really, like, they're so much better. And I know that a lot of people don't like that game. I always, that was the first Zelda that, game that I ever played. And so I. Zelda 2. Like, yeah. I, this was back in the 80s and we would just rent a, you know, a Nintendo at the, the video rental store and bring it home and then rent whatever game looked interesting. And that one looked mm. the most interesting. And it looked game. interesting. The box looked interesting. So I brought it home and played that one the most. What I the never time, actually Pat? beat it until it was on Virtual Console, though. And that was only because of save states because mm. that game is. I mean, well done. That game's hard. Yeah. You know what my first Zelda game was? What's that? It wasn't the original. It wasn't Link to the Past. It was Link's Awakening, the oh, weird one. Nice. Yeah. So there's a little bit of cat history in the <laughs> Zelda game and watch as well. But I did not pick it up. Oh. I already got the Mario one. But so every, the Mario one doesn't have I've, Zelda. It's true. I, everything I've seen about this, though, is makes it a really cool a collector's item that yeah. does, in fact, build on it. But it's missing one thing. Seth. Which is? It's missing the microphone so that you can properly knock over the, uh, the little oh, monsters. Oh, that's right. I forgot Zelda. about that. On the Famicom yeah. controllers, there's a microphone yep. built in, and that was... Yep. Yeah. Hey, listen to this. So this is on the Switch. Like if you On the Switch, if you have a Japanese account, you can boot up the disk system versions. 
Pear is uh, holding it up right now. We can't hear anything. <laughs> oh, you can't hear it? No. It, no. I, know, I think you're, I think you're uh, noise filtering. Hold on a second. Wow, that's insane. Oh, man. All right, we'll do this some other time then, but it's like the, the original Zelda game, the score has a bell added, so it's got all these sound effects um, that sound more Super NES-like than, than NES-like. Um, just it's just awesome. It what was huh? that, Reb? Can you just recreate it for us, Pear? I can't. I can't. I can't. She, she's asking if you could recreate <laughs> I, it, but I want to play the the opening to uh, Zelda Two real quickly because it is it is so much better uh, on. And the the trick was the the this system had an extra sound channel, so they could just go nuts yeah. with like extra percussion and stuff. Listen to that. Can you hear that? Oh, it's all. These, this this awful software just filters everything Damn out. Damn it! Yeah, we can't right. hear it. Well, I'm sorry, Red, that you have to filter all <laughs> uh, of that out because it's not it's playing. Bad. But man, it sounds so good. Um, look look it up online. Like I'm sure there's a billion YouTube videos. But like, yeah, the Famicom Disk Systems uh, system versions are great, and obviously you can download them on your Switch if you have a subscription and you make yourself oh, a Japanese. Uh, account. According to Red, it, it is coming through on the recording. It's just Discord wow. is filtering it out. The, uh, uh, for the four of us. So, curse okay. you, Discord. I know. Yeah, I mean, curse I, you. <laughs> shake my fist at you. But so, so Seth, I, I bought one too, um, and I use it. Uh, I got myself a little display stance. In Japan, if you pre-order it from Amazon, it actually comes with a custom display stand. We, we didn't get that in the U.S., no, unfortunately. We did get the box but, itself is a display stand, however. Yeah, you can fold it out. There's a company called Rose, Rose, Rose Color, Color Gaming. Gaming. I love Look, Rose Color Gaming. They're, they're actually making a custom stand for it yep. that's Zelda-themed, so that'll be out, I think, uh, at the end of this week or next week, so look for that if you need it. But it's a, it's a beautiful little machine. I really like the, you know, the attention to detail is great. You can use it as a little Zelda clock, so yes. you can have it uh, on your shelf and displaying the time and having Link Battle, Shadow Link um, on the screen while the, the timer changes. This is yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's, I love these little stupid collectibles. And it's one of those things that we've, we've talked on the show in the past about how Nintendo has a hard time honoring its history, but then occasionally they do it amazingly and i think this game and watch line is an incredible example of nintendo honoring its history in the best possible way it's covering so many bases here it's not only honoring its history it's bringing something new to people who maybe never experienced the japanese versions like myself nintendo going back to its roots as a toy maker yeah yeah just more game and watches please i love them so much but nobody cares about the game and watch that's not the review anybody's going to be reading on ign.com hey i care Okay. I want a Metroid one now. I do Second. too. Oh my god, that'd be so. I'd good. buy that one. That would. I'd buy that a, for a, a dollar. One with a little tiny screen, <laughs> but then the big gun. <laughs> this year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it, and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because i'm still 200 miles away from boston but whatever had i had nordvpn that wouldn't have been a problem i would have just gone in changed my settings to another geographic area and boom i could have been watching all the boston bruins home games like it was nothing at all 
So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Tiny screen is wonderful. It's so good. Everything's so pretty on it. The colors are so vibrant and so sharp. I beat the original Mario on that thing. And it's actually a fun experience. Oh, yeah. I never got through it on there because I just, I just. You teased us though. What is this review we're, we're supposed to care about? Oh, it's uh, uh, it's uh, Pokemon. Oh, and Reb yeah. is joining us from vacation. <laughs> well, not really from vacation. I'm not on vacation. I'm working on the road. Uh, to tell us about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, and now I have that Prince song stuck in my head. Yeah, so this is, I guess, sort of a weird discussion to have. So we got code. Everybody got code for this for Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl very late. I didn't get code. Uh, also. <laughs> well, uh, everybody who got code got it very late. Uh, and the the embargo for reviews actually lifted on Wednesday of this past week. We are recording this on Thursday. So even though I can talk about the game, I'm still under the embargo restrictions. But because we had such a short period to review the game, we're not publishing our review until Friday, which is tomorrow. 
So we can talk about it in a limited way today. We need embargoes then- for a what 15 year old game at this yeah, point right. yeah you can't talk Gotta about anything spoilers chip <laughs> <laughs> charts in this one did you know oh, oh my god spoiler off the mailing list <laughs> Incidentally, it's very funny given the content of this game because if you played any of the other pokemon remakes if you played heart gold soul silver uh omega ruby alpha sapphire you know there were some significant differences in those games from their originals i mean they were still remakes but they had a bunch of additional content or things that maybe you would want people not to spoil. Uh, Kat, you like Diamond and Pearl. You know, you know those games? You ever heard of them? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of those games a time or two. Yes, it has <laughs> my favorite starter like in them. Play a slightly nicer looking version of that on your Switch. I'm into okay. it. Like, I talked about it in my preview of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl that I hadn't realized how much I kind of missed this sort of style of Pokemon, this kind of top-down look maybe a little more simplistic than what we had in Sword and Shield. Um, I Do I think that Diamond and Pearl has its flaws? Sure. But it also, I am kind of a sucker for the Sinnoh region because it has snow and I'm from the Midwest. And therefore, any snowy regions, I'm automatically going to like. <laughs> and I like Cynthia. She's a great champion. I have amazing oh, news spoiler. There's that. a champion named Cynthia in this Aye, one. Yikes. I can't oh say my anything God. about that. Uh, I have amazing news for you, Kat. This is just Diamond and Pearl on the Switch. That is exactly what it is. Top to bottom, there are a few small changes which we've already seen in preview stuff. Uh, the Grand Underground stuff, they if you remember the Underground from Diamond and Pearl, they add these caverns with wild Pokemon in them. Uh, I think my biggest disappointment is in this game is that Diamond and Pearl, the original's roster, is really weird. Building a team in Diamond and Pearl is very bizarre. There's like no fire types. There are hardly any. There's like one good electric type. And it's just a very weird experience. They totally could have used the Grand Underground to bring in some of the Pokemon that were available in Platinum or just redo the roster somehow. Uh, and they, they didn't do that. It's the exact same roster that was available in Diamond and Pearl originally. Um, but the experience of being in the ground, Grand Underground is really cool. Uh, the ways you can manipulate what Pokemon can appear down there and finding, discovering all the hidden caverns and things like that is very fun. Uh, there's some changes to contests I wasn't crazy about. But other than that, it is the same game. Uh, so, it just looks nicer and it's cleaned up and, that a, and that's it and that's fine okay it was a good game how did they ruin the contest i want to know actually uh they didn't well yeah i i wasn't a fan uh so if i remember right in the original i i was, I was looking this up when i was writing my review and now i have to regurgitate it and try to remember because i wasn't a huge fan of contests the first time around too but they let you dress up your pokemon remember mm-hmm. you could put like little accessories and things on them uh, and then there was a sort of rhythm game phase but you, you were using directional buttons and like all four directions and then I think there was also, there might have been a third phase too, I think, but it was, it was, it was like built out. Uh, this one, there's pretty much only two phases. Uh, the first part is based on the stickers that you put on your Pokeball. So you can collect stickers as you wander around the world and you want to decorate your Pokeball. And so when you throw your Pokemon out, you get points based off of the stickers that you've decorated with and feeding them Poffins. Like, did you feed them the right Poffins? Uh, that mini game is back and you feed them Poffins and... You get points for that. And then there's the rhythm game section. And all that is is tapping the button on the beat. There's like no directional stuff. It's taps and holds. And I thought that really diluted what the original was. I thought they could have done so much more, more with that. So that was a little disappointing. Um, but yeah, the rest of it is good. It's really just a massive reminder that Diamond and Pearl were pretty good games. And I, yeah, I, I didn't have super fond memories of them just sort of looking back before I played through this. But as I played, I was humming along with the music. And I was really enjoying the top-down Pokemon experience. and I know 
I know people have complex feelings on EXP share, and I do not want to get into that debate here because that's like a very <laughs> Pokemon community specific argument. But what I will say is these are, I think, a little bit harder than Sword and Shield, just the story mode, than Sword and Shield, uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. It's kind of the more recent Pokemon games have been. Uh, just by virtue of having a more limited roster of Pokemon you can collect for your team. And just, just the sheer amount of trainers and battles and kind of the levels as they scale up, I just I think it drags Pokemon back a little bit to a time that I frankly sorely miss. Mm. And so if, you, if that's all you want, great. Like, this is a great game for you. You will enjoy it. Uh, if you were hoping for something a little more ambitious or 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 deep or more Pokemon that showed up after the Sinnoh region, you will be disappointed. But I was not necessarily hoping for that. And so I had a really, really nice time with them. Awesome. I was not hoping for something more ambitious because I knew I was not <laughs> going to get it. And the Pokemon company has carefully trained me over my years to restrain my expectations. As I saw with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, a game that was inexplicably based on Ruby and Sapphire and not on Emerald. Mm. A game that was much, much better. And frankly, the fact that Diamond and Pearl isn't based on Platinum, a game that was much, much better, is also a strange choice to me. But that's Pokemon for you. Yeah. I yeah. will say the the remakes... Uh, I don't know how to talk around this. There are, there are some small elements from Platinum it incorporates that are mostly like long-term quality of life changes that the series has seen since then. Uh, and a couple relating to... There's a couple things. There's a couple things that are in there. Um, but yeah, it, it is like firmly based cool. on Diamond and Pearl, which yeah, you're right. It's like a really weird choice. I think I think it's most evident in the roster because like that's that's one of my biggest complaints with the original Diamond and Pearl is the available members that you could pick for your six person team uh, was expanded so much in Platinum. And it was such, it was such an easy problem to solve. It was right there. And we just didn't do it. it Real so quick. Uh, I've never played either one of these games. Who should my starter be? Jim Char. Jim Char. OK. Uh, First of I all, there aren't enough Turquoise. fire starters. And second of all, Infernape is a rock star. Okay. So I went with Turtwig because I had never used him before and I had a really good time with him. But Kat is actually right. Uh Simtar is great. And also, again, this region does this region has like one or two fire types, depending on which version you're playing. You will thank everybody if you get the Simtar. Okay. Hey, so Reb, on a scale from uh from GTA trilogy to huh. Resident Evil 2. On the remake remaster scale, where does it rank, like quality wise, as a re-release of a classic? Oh man, I so I've not played Resident Evil Two remake, so it's, or I haven't played either of those games actually, so it's hard to say. I think it's a I think it's a really good remake. It is like yeah. it, it it is if if the goal of a remake is to faithfully recreate the experience of the original and just make it look nicer and maybe introduce some some UI improvements, some quality of life changes, then. Uh, this is, this is a great remake. It's fantastic. If awesome. the goal is to do like a Final Fantasy VII kind of remake and and be ambitious eh. and grapple with the fact that it's a remake, we are not doing that here. That is I not Final Fantasy VII remake Pokemon. That'd be kind of dope. Oh, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> that's what, I kind of thought that's what Oros was going to be, and then especially it if not. it's as insane as Final Fantasy VII remake turned out to be, like the crazier the better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Turn up the can I shout out a couple other small I have things to, real quick? Uh, that I really mention, notable? and this is stupid, but this is the first Pokemon since ever that my kids have no interest in playing. Wow. Okay. Wow. Because your kids are 32 years old now. <laughs> my kids are, yeah, they're too busy with their jobs and their degrees to, to want to play. No, it's, it's a little bit sad. The, the Sword and Shield they got and they weren't really impressed. And then this one, they're like, nah. 
I think Connor, uh, I think his quote exactly was it's mid. My sons are my sons are completely done with Pokemon. They used to play them all, and I think my daughter was the engine in the family that kept everybody wanting to play by like showing them all the stuff she she caught and traded. Um, she's all in. Uh, okay. you know, I'm sure well, she's I've, standing in. She stood in line in 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 Tokyo to get it. I'm a little sad. As a woman, as a woman pushing forty who still plays Pokemon, I'm very excited. For the opportunity to eventually have a Pokemon Home update allow, that allows me to move my Eevee into Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl and get all of the ribbons. That is my only metagame anymore, <laughs> is to get as many ribbons as humanly possible. This is an Eevee that comes from Fire Red and Leaf Green and wow. has basically every ribbon that you could possibly get. Wow. That's, that's all I care about anymore. I, my precious want, Eevee. I want a YouTube video about that Eevee, actually. That's so cool. Three hour deep dive to that one please but well your review should be live tomorrow reb yeah can i shout out like a couple really tiny things yes that please I feel are very worth mentioning this, these are very weird small things but i was so impressed by them uh the water in this game looks really good i don't i don't know why uh every time you surf you get this cool ripple effect around your character and other characters who are swimming have these like beautiful little waves that they make on the water as they swim. I have never seen a Pokemon game have water that looks that good. And it confused me. I, I, cause, cause like the, some of the other graphic things are not amazing. Like the trees are just sort of the same tree pasted over and over because it's Pokemon. Why does the water look like that good? What's going on here? Wave race uh, and then the other kind switch. of similar thing, the backgrounds in the battles, like the, the backdrops, are beautiful. They're they're really lovely looking, and I think I especially found them very striking because so much of Sword and Shield's battles took place in a giant white void. Uh, I think there's there's your battles with Barry, your rival, kind of take place in a weird orange void. Uh, but all the other battles are really love like lovely and nice. The galactic things have cool space themes. Like this was great. Whoever said, "Hey, let's make some nice backgrounds." I, I'm on board with that. I, I know it's like very small, but I was just constantly stopping and my partner was sitting next to me and I'm going, look at that. Look, look at that. That's so nice. I don't know. It made me happy. Well, good. That's all that a Pokemon game is supposed to do is make people happy or make them furiously enraged it, uh, on the oh, lead up to their release. But, uh, well, I'm glad you're having a good time with it because there was another uh, game that was reviewed that's also on Switch this week. Or it's actually, it came out last week and it's terrible. And that's the Grand Theft Auto <laughs> trilogy. And even on PlayStation 5, it is a nightmare. And this was reviewed by Tristan Ogilvy, uh, who gave it a 5 out of 10, which on the IGN scale is mediocre. Tristan said, there's no question that the three games in this GTA trilogy are all-time classics, but they've unfortunately been remastered with a ham hand instead of a love fist. I'm just reading this for the first time. What a great line that is. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, new features are slight and only partially implemented. Visuals are mixed. Performance is inconsistent at best. Some content is missing, missing and bugs and glitches abound. In its existing state, this collection of three classic GTA games is far from being considered definitive. It's defective, disappointing, and surprisingly disrespectful to both the legacy of the games themselves and their many legions of fans. Now, I had said earlier that I would buy this when it came to a physical release. Not going to do that anymore until it's mm. like $6 and I buy it just to have it in my collection because that is uh -huh. a huge bummer. Yeah, I changed my mind too. And I, I really love these games and I loved Five. And, uh, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. But um, first of all, the, the Switch version obviously is the one that 
doesn't look quite as good as the others and i put good in quotes here quotes. yeah um yeah it, it's just like the the truth is that it, you we we have had open world games on switch that look respectable and look good despite being ambitious and having deep draw distance and this just isn't optimized it, it almost felt like rockstar is behind on on making new games and uh it needed something for the holiday season. This had to come out, yeah. and like all those GTA Online bucks should have gone to an actual yeah. studio that could yeah. properly do this seriously. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's it frustrating. Really, it really is incredibly disrespectful to the legacy of GTA. Like, I really enjoyed GTA Vice City back in the day. I thought yeah. GTA San Andreas is actually secretly the best one, in my Ooh. opinion, and. To see what they've done to these character models, running through them through what seems like a blender and just turning them into weird blobs, you know, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. And even worse, getting it delisted from Steam and killing the mod community, it is worse. It is just worse. Like, if these games didn't exist, the world would be better off, or at least the GTA community would be better off. Like yeah. it is a negative benefit that these games came out. So like, just and for people who haven't played them yet, just to give you a couple ideas, right? When you when you were, the the PlayStation version has like its own special issues where the performance mode that's supposed to run at sixty just doesn't do it because they messed up and they turned on certain effects that don't allow it to ever run like that. And so the Xbox version actually manages to at least run at sixty. So don't stay away from that one. It'll be patched and it'll be okay but it'll never be good it'll never be great no. um some of the things they did it's like we talked a little bit about the emulation of games like mario or zelda on the switch right there are similar issues where the original playstation games used the pixelation and the effects of the machine to great effect to create an atmosphere so you get this hazy look and you get halos yeah. around lights and all of that and it has this green tinge that remember metal gear has the same sort of look to it metal and gear. when you kind of when you kind of just metal gear when you just update this and make it high res and like you as as Kat has said, you run this autocorrect filter on adapting characters without human beings actually manually remodeling a lot of stuff. You get something that looks very soulless. Yeah. And if you're watching the video right now, the the rain effect is so awful that is so distracting that you actually can't see the world very clearly the the light balancing is so bad that oftentimes in cutscenes characters are in the shadows you can see them the they added fingers for characters that didn't used to have them and so sometimes when they hold weapons they just float <laughs> in air inside this odd looking set of fingers it's just it it's just bad it's just Such stay away from it and like and i our reviewer was was nice in giving it a mediocre rather than a terrible because the the underlying games are still playable they're still really fun and you know so it is justified like you can have a lot of fun with these games but it's just a they're inferior versions of these really really great games yeah it makes i saw me think of final fantasy 10 and 10 to HD remaster, which came out several years ago and ended up being ported to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Final Fantasy X was a contemporary of GTA 3. Yeah. And yes, they are very different games, but that was not a small undertaking. No. And if you look at the work that was done in 10 and 10 2 HD, those games are gorgeous. Yeah, they really they are. They did an incredible <laughs> job. They look really, really good on the Nintendo Switch. And I mean, Final Fantasy X always looked better in gta but the craftsmanship and respect that went into that collection 
versus what went into this collection just uh, it makes me sad. Yeah, yeah this- everyone can understand when they're leaving out some licensed tracks because it's difficult to, you know, sure, replicate sure. these games exactly as they as they were. But it's like we got all the old bugs back, and if you're watching the footage, and you can ones. see some new bugs, right? Like you have to watch um, the the <laughs> review. By the way, there's a scene where uh, he highlights the bugs, and there's people st- stuck in a tree screaming, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I saw a bug on, earlier on, on Twitter. Somebody was like. Oh, if, if you uh, wiggle your car back and forth, it grows larger and explodes. That's right, and it just yes. the car just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, this this it looks Can you bad. Get that fucking Forza. <laughs> yeah, What's no, it? it's like, yeah, it looks it looks like it's like it was made in the multiverses engine or something. So it looks <laughs> it's. It's uh, Goat no, Simulator. It's the Goat Simulator edition of GTA. In it's a way. Re- I, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, part of me was like, oh, maybe they're, maybe they're going to use the GTA 5 engine, you know, and like remake <laughs> these games in that. And Look at the footage. Yeah, Did if you're not watching floating? this video, I highly recommend going and checking it out because these are all the weird glitches. Like a plane just crashed. <laughs> here's, here's an idea. Pick one, like Vice City. Sure, yeah. And, and then give it like a proper treatment as yeah. opposed to trying to do all three in one package yeah i mean you look at grand theft auto 5 and it still to this day is like one of the most visually amazing games and having What's just it? visited los angeles <laughs> and knowing it only from the fake version in grand theft auto i was kind of freaking out i was like oh my god that's where franklin stole that car in the opening scene of grand theft or uh, yeah grand theft auto 5 so i don't know man they should have just even if it was like the 360 engine that they used for GTA Five to make a, a one-game remake would have been so they, they could they could have literally remade oh, one of those three games amazing. and gotten an amazing developer to do it, and I I think they could have charged full price for it. Like again, Resident Evil, the the remakes are so so yeah. careful and beautiful, and they 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 change the things that needed changing from the original games, and they're like they're you can tell somebody really invested a lot of time. I love I love that things just randomly blow up. It's so good in this. I, in this. I highly recommend just checking out this video on YouTube just to see the or actually checking out our glitch video just yep. to see all these awful, uh, just horrible game breaking glitches. That are also hilarious. Like he's just freaking out right now. The no-name guy from uh, Grand Theft Auto Three. He just flew through the air. But yeah, that's a bummer. Mediocre game right there. Don't buy. Don't don't buy it. Thumbs down. Thumbs thumbs way down. Yeah. And it's also a full price game. So don't don't waste your money or your time. We are moving on to a new segment that will probably not be a a recurring segment. (laughs) But there's no cat take this week, and I'm sorry. But cat already gave us a little like organic cat take at the top of the show, which is awesome. I know that people love cat takes, but this week we have Seth's switch tales of terror. And this is where a sound effect comes in. Spooky pipe organ and some, some (laughs) crash of thunder. Thunder. Thunder, Yes. Yes. None of that happened. None of that happened. Okay. So, uh, as I had mentioned earlier, I went to Los Angeles this, uh, earlier this week to do something for work which turned out to be really fun and a great success it was so good oh thank oh you oh my god it was we we ran that entire show four times so that's why but we, yeah we were worried we were gonna run out of jokes but um can people watch a lot of that is that somewhere 
it's there's uh we can replay it somewhere i'm not exactly sure yeah yeah it's on youtube we oh, did it is we on did YouTube. syndicate to youtube yeah okay my is mom was like watching Wait. just for seth's suit <laughs> it's Seth and Brian Altano doing uh, home shopping channels. Yeah, we were doing a, 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 gift a, thing. a yeah. gift card. Look at that. Yeah. Look at me. Amazing. Look at Brian. We're, we're we, used, uh, we tried out an experimental player, um, a third-party player, where you have shoppable links. Like, it lets you buy things while you're watching it just to, just to test it out. It was really fun. We partnered with Walmart on it. And you, um, get, yeah, to, but on, you on YouTube, get to watch me in real time learn about tallies. <laughs> you don't know what those are. Those are the little things on a camera oh, wow. to tell you what camera that to look. Machine. That Simpsons machine, by the way, is legitimately awesome. It I is so bet, good. Yeah. But that's a, that's a whole different show. But okay. of course, flying from you know, I'm I'm in Maine, and Los Angeles is in California. We could not be further apart, which meant I had a lot of flying time. But I was very excited because I got Shin Megami Tensei Five. I started playing it, and I was like, "This is my. This is extremely my jam." I am really into this. I played for maybe an hour or two, and then I packed it away. Excitedly, I got on my plane. We reached cruising altitude. Uh, airplane mode was on. I pulled it out, and it said, checking if this game could be played. And I thought, well, what the, what Secondary the switch. No. You didn't I, designate it as your primary. I had no problems whatsoever with the entire transfer process. My island, Animal Crossing, went wonderfully. Uh, my account went wonderfully. <laughs> I was able to bring over all my cloud saves without any problem whatsoever. Did not know that in order to play offline, you have to switch it to your primary switch. So I spent the entire plane ride in my own thoughts. And that is the scariest uh, thing. Of, that's sounds actually like a Twilight true. Zone episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after I came out of the bank vault, I dropped... Wow my joy con after you came it, out of the bank vault you got you were like uh last to play shima gavi tensei 5 forever yeah checking to see if game can be played oh no yes no. it was oh god i have a i have a switch light that i starry-eyed when i bought it i thought this was going to be my travel switch and then I realized that, no, it can't no. be because I want my primary to be the one that I can dock and walk away and all of that. Um, so, there yeah. Were, yeah, there were clues that I just didn't pick up on. You know, every time, every time I opened up the eShop on my, on my SwoLED, I had to log in. Mm. I thought, well, that must be just like a security measure. I know that, like, uh, they did a re recent update, so that must be it. And it also checked to see if the game could be played every time. I thought, oh, that must be a new... A new thing that they're doing as well. But in the sky, I was unable to do that. Now, I did buy the in-flight Wi-Fi thinking I will just use my phone as a hotspot. Guess what you can't do with the in-flight Wi-Fi? Wi and that is use your phone as a hotspot. So Would you I, at least connect to the in-flight Wi-Fi? I connect. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I'd already bought it on my phone. For, oh, I see. I was like, you know what? I'm. I don't care. I'm paying twenty five dollars, and I'm gonna play. And so then, what I ended up doing was actually just like going on Instagram, <laughs> looking at the same things over and over again, <laughs> looking at a slideshow of Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was so sad. I was, uh, you know, I had basically twelve hours of time that I was going to be in the air both ways. I was like, that's a great, that's a perfect JRPG time. Seth, I hope you're enjoying the future we all dream dreamed of of 
being able to take games with you everywhere and own them in a central storing space <laughs> and uh having to deal with drm yeah well the the dystopia geez the mm. bummer is when i got home as the first thing well the first thing this morning i want to do because i got home kind of late last night i was like i'm going to fix this problem so it never happens again i pulled out the uh the primary switch and the battery was so completely dead i couldn't even turn it on so it's just been sitting on the uh on the charger all day after work is over, I'm going to switch it, and hopefully next time I travel, I won't suffer this this injustice again. But that this is, is my educational. Man. Thank you, because I had I I had this problem trying to play Pokemon Diamond on the plane to oh, Georgia, which is where I am right no. now. But I thought it was just a weird quirk of Nintendo's extremely strict and bizarre review rules oh. that it was checking to see if the game could be played. Uh, turns out, no, it's because I'm playing this on a an IGN switch that I have to play it on again because of these same rules. So it is a secondary switch, but that's oh. good to know. I did. I fortunately we had not let, uh, taken off yet, so I was able to connect to uh, hmm. my phone's hotspot and that worked. But that's good to know. I yeah. did not know that was a secondary switch kind of thing. L yeah. Luckily, it only affects us fat cats with our multiple switches. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I have I have three switches, and like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, I sometimes shuffle them like a deck of cards. Just yeah, Nintendo. Uh, the lesson I'm taking away from this is don't buy more switches. That's what I'm learning here. Well, wow. hey, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably a good lesson. But mine this is a launch edition switch, and it had a crack in the back of it. It's I it had it still mm. has a crack in the back of it. So yeah that I was my switch off. tale of terror for today so if you're listening out there and you're about to get oh it is the travel season it is the busiest travel week of the year upcoming and you have not done a switch transfer yet absolutely make sure that you have the switch you're going to be carrying with you set as your primary switch and you can only do that once per year you can only That's make that change <laughs> yeah yeah. Once per year. No, no, no. It's it's more often. You can you can uh, oh, really? you can change it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was I think there were some draconian rules in the beginning. Now you can do it all the time. Oh okay. uh, you, you just, just can't really constantly nilly. switch it to cheese the, the system. Um no, you can you can do it. Don't don't worry. There's no it's on the honor system. No, no cheesing the system. That's right, first, please. I, well, I once made the mistake of going on a trip and forgetting which games I had on cartridge versus um, install. So like I'm like trying to play Smash and it's like it's got the icon. Uh, yep. And if you're a Nintendo Switch Online member, remember you have to log in to the Nintendo and N64 and SNES apps periodically because yes. if you forget for X number of days, it'll say uh, checking if you can do it. That's right. I've had that happen on an international flight when all I wanted to play was Gradius. Uh, I wanted to play Gradius. Who doesn't play Gradius, honestly? That's right. a great game. But Best game should be on our top 100 list. <laughs> well, speaking Just of saying. top 100 lists, the reason there was, no, there was no inorganic cat take this week is because Cat is going to pitch us on the top, all-time top Nintendo games of all time. I'm sorry. I repeated myself cat what are your choices for the top 100 games of all times i'm gonna cheat this week okay I'm gonna pick two games okay. and they're what? rpgs there's I'm no rules talking about no rules once cat set the wheel there are no rules but <laughs> this week i'm gonna talk about two amazing nintendo rpgs one of them is earthbound and the other okay. one is pokemon 
yellow. Excellent. So these games have three things in common. Okay. One of them is that they are highly influential RPGs made in the mid-1990s. Two, they're both surprisingly dark. (laughs) And three, they both have absentee fathers and your character feels secretly very sad about this fact. Aww. Earthbound was completely ignored in the mid-90s when it came out because it had one of the worst marketing campaigns of all time (laughs) that was based around mid-90s aesthetics about pooping and farting. But it was an amazing (laughs) RPG for the time. It was kind of Dragon Quest-y, but it had a distinct aesthetic and distinct writing. And as I already mentioned, it had this kind of Lovecraftian feel to it. You got to play it just to be able to get a feel for it. It was made by Shigesato Itoi. And Itoi is interesting because he's not primarily a game developer. He's done many things. He's been like a judge on Iron Chef and he's a copywriter. Yeah, it's crazy. He's he's the voice of the dad in My Neighbor Totoro in the Japanese edition. Oh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a real renaissance man. And he's a writer. He's a a Mm -hmm. blogger and all of that. Yep. Uh, Reminds me. Okay. Anyway, so (laughs) Earthbound is an amazing RPG for many, many reasons, and it continues to be influential because practically every indie RPG today wants to be Earthbound (laughs) from the aesthetic to the weird sense of humor to the unexpected darkness and emotion that goes into it. It is a game that if you haven't played it, you should absolutely play it. And then meanwhile, on the other flip side, of course, Pokemon Yellow remains one of the most influential and greatest RPGs of all time. And the first generation is so much fun to play. And Pokemon Yellow was unique because you could pick Pikachu. Yeah. Just like the anime. And Pikachu would follow you. And Pikachu would hate so you. <laughs> so you, didn't you could make Pikachu, Pikachu really hate you if you Pikachu weren't sure. Pikachu. Pikachu is what you were handed. Also, Jesse and James is in this one. You can fight Jesse and James and kill them. It's great. So (laughs) finally, if you... (laughs) You cannot kill them. And if you connect it to Pokemon Stadium and do various things, you can get Surfing Pikachu and get the special minigame. It's one of the only Pokemon games that is explicitly connected to the anime outside of Ash's Greninja. So Pokemon Yellow, Earthbound, Two magnificent Nintendo RPGs that deserve to be on this list. Yeah, I I'll throw uh, out what I said last week about Final Fantasy VI. Also, uh, Earthbound is another game that I did not play until adulthood. I think like four or five years ago. Absolutely holds up. One of my favorite games of all time. Definitely play it, even if you have never played it before and think that it might not be for you because it's old. Not nah, great. Well, dust off the uh, Wii U because it's on Virtual Console on the Wii U. And but I, not on Switch. But not on Switch. Nope. Which is Neither so is weird. Is there's a Super Nintendo Online thing that However, um, you can play them both on your Nintendo 3DS. Well, you can play Earthbound on 3DS? I did not know that. Yes, you can. It I came didn't... out on the 3DS and so did Pokemon Yellow, I, which was great. Also, I only thought Red and Blue came. Okay. Well, that is exciting cuz I uh Pokemon R-B-Y. Yellow was surprisingly to no one the first pokemon game that i ever played actually and i bought it on a trip uh in the air force with a bunch of dudes i didn't know and then at the airport they stopped me and searched my bag and they pulled out pokemon yellow and all these you know air force civil engineers looked at me like i was the biggest nerd in the world they were right so it worked out great but i I, yeah i love i love those 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 pokemons the yellow red and blue so i have not played my favorite Pokemon, like, is is in yes. the is in the creature or the game? 
creature. Oh, the, uh, I I say this all the time, and I can never remember his name, but it's the one that's a sword. Oh, Aegis, Aegis Slash. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't there know why. Go. That's my favorite Pokemon. He's cool. Yeah. Like, he can go into two different forms. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, power uh, when X and Y came out. Hope, uh, is it Poplio, the seal that everyone was making fun of? He's the best. And then I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is going to be my start. And then Poplio turns into the beautiful Silmarinia, like, which Primarina. is super good. What's that, Reb? I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. Primarina. Say it again. Primarina. Primarina. Yeah, Primarina. Uh, okay. Primarina. I changed my answer. Primarina is my favorite Pokemon. Primarina, super OP uh, water uh, Pokemon with like beautiful flowing uh, seal fins and things of that nature. But my Pat. friend and former colleague Jeremy Parrish really enjoys Tropius for some reason, probably because it's a dinosaur, a brontosaurus that's also a plant that has bananas on its shirt. <laughs> Jeremy Parrish, also an industry legend. So, mm -hmm. Kat, thank you for pitching us on those top Nintendo games of all time. Excellent JRPGs. I probably will eventually one of these days play Earthbound again, but I just fell out of it for whatever reason. But uh, it'll move. It'll be on Switch eventually. Come on, I think so. Eventually, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a it Super NES game. How long to even acknowledge that those games even existed? It's in English, though. There, there's no, there are no hurdles. There, well, this is true. just their weird. They're, uh, I don't know. They're like, yeah, we well, right. didn't like it the first time. Well, too bad. Yeah, We're gonna <laughs> we had to prioritize bumboozle. Yeah, gotta get <laughs> to be and claymates. Strangely you know, missing like, from our top classics. one million games of all time list. So mm -hmm. it's it's wasn't nowhere it, to be found on that one. Very very well when it first came to Wii U Virtual Console. Like, wasn't that wasn't that a news headline or something? At yes, the time? it was. It was a huge deal when it came to the Wii U Virtual Console. Yeah, because like, that, because we have been waiting of all of the Wii's Virtual <laughs> Console for Earthbound to come out. Yeah. <laughs> Man, oh man. That's one of my that was one of my greatest hard drive uh headlines that I wrote. A huge Earthbound fan, excited to play it for the first time. So. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Nintendo uh game nominations <laughs> at the Game Awards. Nintendo had a quite a showing at the the Keeleys this year. Uh nominations include Game of the Year for Metroid Dread, which is my personal game of the year right now. I mean, Fours is pretty good, but uh also, the best action adventure game goes to Metroid Dread, best RPG, Monster Hunter Rise, and Shin Megami Tensei Five. How did Shin Megami Tensei get on there, but not for, well, whatever. That's for uh, Forza is actually in. It's in the racing category for some odd reason. The jury did not nominate Horizon for Game of the Year. It's oh, interesting. It's the racing game curse. I think they're all crazy. That game is so good. Good game. Yeah, yeah. it's not. That's where you ask me after Bravely Default. Say huh? that again. Am I, is my audio not working? No, we can hear you. Uh, I just <laughs> were you, you asking after Bravely Default? Bravely Default was uh for RPG. Wait, no, it was on the list. Did that come yeah. out this Bravely year? Bravely Default Two was on the list. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh my god, what a long year! I reviewed that game. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, okay, it was a great game. Yeah, it is one of my love favorites of the year. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, best family game: Mario Party Superstars, uh, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World, and Bowser's Fury. Wow, uh, wow. And WarioWare, get it together. That's four Nintendo games in the best family game. Who could have thought mm -hmm. the Nintendo, the famously makers of hardcore, violent games from the 90s with, with lots of attitude, would have so many family games? Of course, we all knew that. And the most, this is, why, why even have any other games in this category? The most anticipated game 
uh, is the nomination is the sequel to the Legend of Zelda, the Breath of the Wild, which we don't know the name of yet because it'll give away like, way to go. Put a spoiler right there in the title. It's going to be. And confirm. I'm very much anticipating this game. I am. Yeah, I am probably going to take like time off from work. It's very risky for Nintendo to confirm game titles early. You know, uh, unlike Square Enix, who'll put project before the names and then just pick (laughs) that name. You know, the new game is obviously called The Legend of Zelda colon Earthbound. And that would be giving away too much (laughs) um, for the sequel. Yeah, That is true. It could tank sales if everybody knew about the game that they That's want right. so we, we wouldn't want to do that but those are the uh, nintendo game nominations at the keelys this year which i think are in december in la and i think they're live and i think we're going to do a pre and post show i don't know i don't know anything they don't tell yep. me much around here but now it's time for a news blast we got some headlines coming through this isn't really news but guess what ha- guess what came out in 2012 on this very day Nintendo Wii U. No, I remember everybody's favorite console. Who doesn't? Who doesn't remember sitting there? All your friends. Hey, I'm setting up TV. TV. Guess what? The Miiverse ruled. Miiverse ruled. No argument. The TV app was actually really cool. The uh, Prime Movie app had the X-ray built into the uh, the the control screen, so you'd be watching a movie and you could like surf IMDb from your control pad. It was awesome. I love my Wii U, and I'm never gonna. Gave us Splatoon and Mario Maker, and all of the top selling games for Switch. (laughs) Well, well, Nintendo Land was the one that sold me on the Wii U. I was like, okay, I get it now. Like, I never liked the look of the controller. It looked very like just plasticky, shiny. Very hard to go back. It was cool to have a screen in your hands like that while playing, but like. Um, Nintendo Land was the one where I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, Nintendo is so creative with these asymmetrical games. Like, this is going to be the direction. Little did young pair know that that was going to be the last time they effectively used the second screen for anything yeah. but a map. Yeah. They could have at least put Entry and Odyssey on the thing. Come on. Or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wind I Waker HD was great. Yeah. I love my Wii U too. I had a great time. I did I love too. Nintendo Land. Yoshi's Woolly World is better yeah. than Yoshi's Crafted World, and I am so upset that it hasn't come to the Switch yet. Tropical yes. Freeze is on the Wii U first, and it was great. Yeah, don't worry. They're all going to be on Switch still. <laughs> and then uh, Crafted Kirby's World, I would love. Magic Yarn. Wait, was that it? Kirby's, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. That could Kirby's- not, I don't think that could be on the Switch. I don't, that was so technically tied to what the Wii U was. Because oh, you yeah, drew, sure, sure, sure. You drew on the tablet, and then. He moved up top. Yeah, and Star Fox Adventures, obviously, uh, Star Fox Adventures, uh, Star Fox, Fox Zero, Zero <laughs> Bailey's favorite game of all time, obviously, no. is is hard <laughs> no. to adapt for the Switch too, because yeah. you need two switches, one on a shelf and one you hold in front of your eyes to go like this. It was a bastardized version of Star Fox sixty four, the best shooter of all time. That's sad. Well, you don't actually need to put the uh, the Switch on the shelf because that's where most copies of that game. Uh, oh, stayed for damn. a very long time. Jeez, well, you're I, just like just coming out. I, en- I enjoyed oh, some of the. I enjoyed some of the the stages in that game. Still, like it's it's I, not. Yeah, it's I not considered buying it as I watched the price just tick down, and then my game my game stopped closed. I, I I play it. It's like it's like a it's a bad idea. That game is founded on a bad idea. The dual screen setup, but it, it has some really fun levels in it. All right. Maybe I'm, I'm sure I could get it uh, for 99 cents. That's right. I just have to go far, far away to the nearest GameStop. 
You can get this. It's worth a million dollars. Yeah, you can get the Switch version <laughs> next year for fifty nine ninety. And three hundred Nintendo points. So that's right. That's cool. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Mario Kart Home Circuit just ex- inexplicably got a major update, and now it supports two player split screen. Okay, that's kind of random and huge. Before the holidays, I bet. They, oh yeah, before I bet the holidays. Uh, that's that. mm. one, oh, which reminds me, that's one of uh, Nintendo's announced Black Friday deals is you'll be able to get. Home circuit for, I think like thirty nine ninety. No, it's got to be. It's Ring Fit is fifty nine ninety nine, and I want to say Mario Home Circuit's like forty nine ninety nine or something. Ring like Fit's a, on sale. Everybody get Ring Fit. <laughs> yeah, Ring Fit will be on sale starting this Sunday, and you best believe I'm getting it because yeah. I read your article and it got me all excited about it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. But also, uh-huh. like literally 10 minutes before we recorded nintendo was like by the way we're sanctioning uh super smash brothers melee and ultimate ultimate tournament next year and it's officially licensed and it's a partnership with panda global it's a short series of events with cash prizes with more info to come um so there you go if you want to play smash competitively and have it be sanctioned by the government of nintendo they are their own country now uh with the, the rich history and uh, its own fiat currency so also there's a great story from our own logan plant uh, about one developer's quest to revive f-zero and all of its glory and it's about a game called aero gpx which is trying to capture the best of nintendo's famously forgotten racer i know it's not forgotten it's cool too. yeah it does it looks really cool so Bring check back f-zero yeah god please I mini that. cat take I, yeah the, oh, the, the quote about f-zero can't come back until they have a gimmick for it that's the same thing that killed freaking Star Fox. Here's an idea. Just make a really good dang modern F-Zero game. It doesn't have to have a gimmick. Same with Star Fox. Totally. That's my cat take. And, like, and honestly, Amusement Vision made a, an F-Zero game that was fantastic, and it didn't really have a gimmick other than it has a, had a story mode, So, which is nothing new in games. They, I think that's bull. Um, but they could just, you know, the, the team behind um, Fast RMX, they have the tech... I think given the budget and given the characters and, you know, access to the music and all of that, I think they could make a very fine F-Zero remake or even F-Zero new game. So, you know, we're seeing Advance Wars being ported by another studio. Maybe they'll... Uh... Well, the problem is... only for 1999. Yeah. Ever since uh, Mario Kart introduced Hover Mode, it kind of like took away... What made F Zero special? It, which was that they were hover rocket eh, ship cars. Feels so different though. With alien um, people and a guy named Samurai Goro. No, F Zero, like they're different. F Zero is a, a franchise with many different faces. Like it started as a brutally hard game. Uh, you know, the it. original ones with, with you so know, the, the drifting being the focus. And then F Zero X was. It felt very different. It was about pack racing, lots of enemies on screen, twisting tubes, and then. Uh, amusement vision brought it back to the kind of the original formula like being super duper hard it, i i yeah i they, they can go all sorts of directions with it if they wanted to they could add weapons and make it more wipeout style but honestly just pick one of those two paths and and just give us another one well at this did point did you know that f-zero and Star Fox are in the same universe i did not know that really that's really they cool. are and one of the endings of Star Fox command for the nintendo ds has falco and fox joining the f-zero like grand prix okay there's there your is, gimmick right there there you go just call it uh fox zero 
if you are if you're a huge F Zero fan, you you start for more F Zero. Um, go and import um uh, uh Climax that came out only in Japan, right? F Zero Climax was the last F Zero game, uh, from the same developers as Maximum Velocity. So just buy that for your GBA. You can GBAs are not region locked, so you can play it. Um, get a little bit of a taste of a late F Zero game. It's not the best. It's very much similar to its predecessor, but you know. You can relive the glory days. Do it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Except for, unfortunately, the used game market has gone absolutely bananas. So Even for Japanese games, yeah. Which used to be my little secret hack, as I would just buy them and then put translation patches on them in my retro. They have better box art, too. Yeah, and, and the thing that was also very cool about buying Japanese imported games was that, like, if for whatever reason, it seemed like every person in Japan just kept the boxes, the inserts, and everything. So you'd get this wonderful full experience with the box and all the great art but anyway that's a whole that's a whole another thing that really grinds my gears we're gonna move right over what we've been playing i'm sorry we're gonna go right into question block question block sound effect right there okay we're just gonna pretend that it was i'm sorry red i didn't i didn't like tell him to cue it up or anything and i'm making him look like red's the best he absolutely is on top of everything so Azure Sky asks, with Dread finishing the Metroid storyline, where does Metroid go from here? Where does Metroid go from here? And I'm interested uh, to hear, especially I'm interested to hear Kat's take. Can, oh boy. Be careful. To, we have to be careful not to spell, spoil the ending oh. of, of yeah, Dread. But, but, but I do, I mean, it feels like it could go anywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my pitch was have a game where instead of Samus slowly powering up, start with Samus fully powered up, but yeah. then steadily powering down over the course of the game. Yeah. Um, and then build the challenges around that, right? So that you can really feel the kind of desperation as Samus slowly but surely loses her abilities. It would be a very different experience, but in many ways, uh, Metroid has kind of perfected the craft of the Metroidvania, so I wouldn't mind them kind of taking that element and inverting it. That's yeah. that's my pitch for a new Metroid game. So yeah, my I like that one a lot. Yeah, if I if I can go next, my my pitch would be, yeah, we've seen the we've seen the setup of fully powered, then loses all her powers and has to reclaim them once by one by one and being able to open new doors in doing so. We've seen that so many times. I would love to see a Metroid game where weapons are pickups. I know that's weird because she adds, she obviously powers up and adds on, but like, what if you had, you could pick up the wave beam, use it, but then when you picked up another beam, you would leave that one behind. And so you have Mm. to kind of adjust as you explore the area and pick the right weapons for the, the right places. Something like, something that mixes it up a little bit would be nice. Yeah, I wonder uh, if you could do it like a link between worlds and have instead of a game that build it around sequence breaking, build yeah. it around total freedom to traverse the world, um, and you can hit basically any area that you want. But then the world itself is like really huge. Yeah, yeah if you make it more like Zelda, where there are dungeons and you can you go to a dungeon, you have to figure out how to get in and what tool to use mm-hmm. for it. But you can do them in any order. That'd be so cool. Yeah. I actually just remembered that we did, I, we did talk about this when Zach Ryan was on because I almost like completely ruined the ending with my excitement. Oh, yeah. But I actually have. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for thank you for quietly telling me to shut the hell up. Um, I want to see 
some a, a new new bounty hunter, sort of the same technology, but with like a crafting element. So you have to combine weapons to make sort of weird, you know, an ice beam that's also uh I don't know that shoots tornadoes out of it or something along that nature and figure you know out which combinations or even if it's like the um the materia system in final fantasy where you slot certain crystals in and it gives you these abilities i'd like to see something where you have like a sort of customizable weapon system as you progress through the game but uh reb do you have any thoughts as to where metroid should go from here uh i mean probably not enough because i'm not much of a metroid person but i do I do think that it has been, I'm not much of a Metroid person, but I have liked a lot of the other very good Metroidvanias that have come out of that tradition um, mm. in recent years, especially like Hollow Knight and Ori and games like that. And I think the thing that makes Metroid really special is because those games are short and small and tight. They're really yeah, clean. Like, like everything is like interlocked so perfectly and you have this set of tools and you see, if you've played a Metroid game before at all, you see the barrier that's blocking your way or the thing that's in front of you and you know okay i can't go there because i know i need this tool and i will get that later because i know it's a metroid game and you just feel very comfortable in that space and it's just a bunch of iterations on kind of the movement and the tool set that everyone is so used to having and i it's really hard to i think break that in a way that is still very very good because they are so good at making that specific thing but i would love to see a metroid that took that same thing but broadened it and made made the map bigger and let you have more room to breathe with those same tools, but also made things get, how do I say this, made the challenges that you had to overcome with those individual weapons and abilities more difficult over time so that you had you had more time to learn them and experiment with them, but also had to solve more complicated problems with them. But I, yeah. I think that can be very difficult because that sort of loses the ability to jump around very quickly and go back to areas very quickly that I think people really like about Metroid. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do like the 2D Metroids, and I, I, I really like Cat's idea. I would love to play a game like that. I got just got weaker. I got one more. Um, the the what about the Lost Vikings approach, where it's not just Samus. Maybe Samus has a robotic sidekick and another one, oh, and they oh, have uh, Federation they have different force. powers. Yeah, um, no, 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 not Rush and Bird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, or a little Metroid friend, and the little Metroid um, could can do things that Samus can't do, and so she needs to send the Metroid into smaller spaces, or maybe her other oh, sidekick. Like you you switch to open certain doors. Like Lost Vikings was such a cool concept, you know? Yeah. Well, the Metroids are dead. Oh, yeah. This is not a spoiler. The galaxy the is start. at peace. Yeah, the galaxy <laughs> is at peace. All the Metroids are dead. You know what? They, remember when I, when I no, you don't remember this, but when I was a kid. <laughs> We thought the coelocanth was extinct. Yeah, we all and thought then, that thing was gone. And, and this then fisherman the in Thailand goes like, you know, pulls out this fish and says, oh, this is this is uh, good eaten. And the scientists go, oh, crap, they're still there. It's going to happen. Somebody is going to like go fishing and they pull out a je- jellyfish and they think it's yep. a jellyfish and it's a Metroid. It was a Metroid the whole time. Hare was a, a kid in 1937. That's right. <laughs> no, but they were. You, you just you, you, you t- have to talk about something I have a lot of you, knowledge no, you, about. You, I know all about the coelacanth. You, you're right. That- I remember, but when I was a kid, they found they found an actual uh, um, preserved one at a fisher's uh, at a market, whereas like before, they only found like uh, nasty ones, yeah, old ones, whatever. Yeah, they're also they're completely I mean, inedible. And you know what? I'm not going to talk about the coelacanth. 
right no, now. I love the sea lion too, but when I was a kid, there was there was still a brontosaurus, and then yep. people told me later there is no such thing, and now they're saying now no, they brought it such back. A thing again, like you know, like Metroids are the same way. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're is still that there. not the plot of at least a couple Metroid games that we think we have taken care of the Metroids, but actually Metroid? Yeah. In they're some all, sense? There's always a yep. Metroid. There's that's, always a Metroid. I don't think I don't think that that's a spoiler either. There's always a I don't know. Metroid. I haven't played any <laughs> Okay. This seems to be the problem. I this I next Metroid question. Dread has some answers, so play it. Yeah, yeah, you should absolutely be playing Metroid Dread. It is so 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 good. Even if you've well, never played Yeah, it's it is the best game of the year. Uh, Ryan Jackson wants to know. Hi, Ryan. Uh, my question is, with the Mario movie coming, what are the chances we will get a Mario movie tie-in game? How do you think the movie will affect the game franchise moving forward? And I, I like this question because it reminded me of the existence of Street Fighter the movie, the game. <laughs> where they took a movie based on a game and made a game based on the movie based on a game. And it's real real bad both the game wasn't it motion capture too yeah like it was this was because this motion was, capture time yep 90s peak motion mocap like mortal Kombat had just taken arcades by storm by having you know, four pixelated photographs of people punching each other and then blood came out so yeah street fighter the movie the game so i'm saying super mario the movie the game starring chris pratt and it's just a pixelated chris pratt uh with a run <laughs> run cycle animation not gonna happen i think they'll keep them separate like just we obviously have seen detective pikachu in both game and movie form and you know that that yeah. went the other way around right but it's but it's not the same thing right the two are very distinct in style and voices and characters and i think that's how it's going to be with mario like maybe the movie will introduce a new character that Nintendo created and hasn't shown, and then that character will show up in in one of their games. But I don't think you'll get like the Mario movie. That's right. Well, he get the late Bob Hoskins, but like we, I don't think we'll get a Mario movie called like Mario's Great Adventure, and then you get a game called Mario's Great Adventure with that same style. I just don't see Nintendo doing that. I I don't think it'll affect the actual Mario franchise in any way going forward because yeah you're right i don't think they'd do that i could see a situation where they came out with some sort of limited time nintendo switch online mario like like original mario twist like they did with mario what was it mario 30 was over there 35 35, yeah super mario 35 yeah when with mario 35 where it was mario but it was 35 marios i i do not know the plot of the mario movie i do not know what the what the whole thing is well here's if there's like i don't think it's a spoiler but i bet there's a cake involved. <laughs> I don't think so. They, they, like he, he was saying okay. that the storyline will be the same story as every video game where no. it's Mario I having mean, to save for. Yes. But, but if there's yep. some sort of nugget they can seize Crickets. onto that could be translated into like a little video game thing, I could see them doing like a limited time. Oh, now yeah, here's I... Mario, but now Mario's like really big. Or here's Mario, but he's wearing Chris Pratt's Green pants. pants on his head. Well, you know, something like that. I, I don't know how to explain this, but I, no, I, I know see what that you're happening, saying. but I don't think anything's beyond that. Yeah, Maybe no, like, I think that's actually probably a very real possible, or like a mobile game tie-in. Like yeah, I, I was thinking mobile, or they'll uh, release the movie tile set for Mario Maker. I'm kidding. They'll <laughs> <laughs> put Chris Pat in, in the Dr. Mario mobile game that they've gotten rid of. Or did they get rid of it? I thought they canceled that. Or not the canceled Mario, that. Dr. Mario mobile game? Yeah, are people still playing that? Is that still real? I don't think people still play that. Okay, no. well, for a while, everybody yeah, got to be a doctor. They made the baby yeah. doctor. Yeah. 
doctors. They made Goombas doctors. They made Waluigi a doctor. Chris Pratt could be a doctor. You're right. You're right. I I started Doctor Mario, and the moment my pills floated upwards instead of falling down, I was uh, I was not <laughs> playing Doctor much. <laughs> Don't well, mess think, with good things. I think the uh, the answer to uh, to Ryan's question is probably they'll tie something in. It probably won't be a full game. I think we can all agree it's not going to affect the movie franchise whatsoever. And here's what I can definitely guarantee. If that movie's bad, it will 100% never be mentioned again by Nintendo will buy all copies of it and bury them in Alamogordo, New Mexico with all the... Uh, the Just ETs. like the 1994 picture starring Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Oof. Everybody Oof. forgot about that one. Oh, wait. No, still here. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's not great. Great set but- design, though. I mean, it had some interesting ideas, maybe. Somebody <laughs> suggested that. that Chris Pratt should have been Yoshi instead of Mario. That would have been way better. The Jurassic World have- Ian. Oh. <laughs> Almost anything would have been. Oh, Red, Red you, you uh, cut out there. It's so not a cut out, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. See, right. that Reb is joining us remotely in case you couldn't hear it earlier. Sorry. She is traveling. Yes. Because it with is her a Pokemon holiday. <laughs> with live Pokemon. She's just wrestling them at all times. If you're watching it on video, you can see she's just smacking them out of the frame. I would never smack a Pokemon set. <laughs> <laughs> you're scolding it harshly, or even maybe not even harshly, but. All right. One question. Uh, one more question from. Aaron Froman wants to know what will Nintendo announce at the Game Awards, and I'm interested to see what everyone else thinks Nintendo's got up their sleeve because I don't think they're going to announce anything. I think they're just going to show us more of what we already know. If they do announce something, I think maybe it would be a Metroid Prime Four release date and trailer. But that's no cat. Cat is shaking her head. No uh, way. Cat, what, what do you think? I think a Metroid Prime remaster is much more likely oh. if they announce anything. Yeah, because Metroid. I, I think it. Metroid has a lot of momentum right now. The fact that Metroid Dread is in line for it has a nomination for the best game. What better time? That's than true. for Doug Bowser, come on stage and reach Jeff Keighley, and say, "I want to show you a new game." And look, it's Metroid Prime, the remaster. Oh, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful dream. I think it's going to be a Splatoon 3 trailer. <laughs> yeah, oh. Splatoon 3. I think we'll get another look at Splatoon. I don't think this is the time when they reveal the name of Zelda yet. I, I feel no. like nah, that that'll is be something. Its own direct, I thought, it was, like next I thought year. it was supposed to come out like February. Or am I, no, am it's I... coming out at the end of no. next year. No, this, this is a collective no. lie that we have told ourselves, Seth, because I, too, have bought into this idea that it's coming out in February. And the reason why I did that is because, one, everything is coming out in February. No. Two, <laughs> at one point, when I realized everything was coming out in February, I thought, haha, wouldn't it be funny if Nintendo also put Breath of the Wild in February? And then I just accepted that that was the truth. And yeah, that's not... that is not that is not true. But we keep almost I, I, I keep saying it out loud because I keep thinking it. Well, wouldn't that be nice? It would be wonderful, I, but you know what? Let no. it cook. Let it. I have to choose between Starfield and Breath of the Wild too. Those monsters. Ooh. Wait, Starfield comes out in February. Oh, it comes yeah. out in November. So Breath of the Wild, <laughs> Breath of the Wild two, and Starfield are going to be coming out probably in the same window. 
It's going to be a time. Uh, uh, I don't know. But I think the only other thing that I could imagine for, you know, outside of maybe showing a new title, uh, the only other thing I think Nintendo could be showing at the Game Awards is an update to the subscription service because they do they did take it on the chin a bit for their rollout maybe they'll <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe they'll announce the game boy collection coming to switch online or something like that i could nice. see that too yep yeah that would be super cool well now nah, i don't know what to expect what what tricks does jeff keely have up his sleeve It'll probably, you know what they're going to oh, do? Oh, that sneaky Jeff Keighley. <laughs> they're going to come out and everyone's going to be freaking out because Doug Bowser's going to be on stage. Everyone's like, oh my God. And then Shigeru Miyamoto's going to come out and we're like, oh, freaking out. We're all like, you know, as we're covering this mm-hmm. and helping with the news, we're all like so excited. And then they got to go, and here's an exclusive clip from the Mario movie starring Chris Pratt. And we're all oh, like, oh no, that's yeah, a real problem. Probably, probably right. Said. And then the internet would break, oh, actually. Yeah. 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 Oh, Just to be clear, no, it's Nobody's flying in from Japan. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, they're yeah. gonna have uh, like the they're gonna use the same technology they do for hologram oh, Tupac. There you go. Have hologram Shigeru <laughs> Miyamoto. No, there but a Mario go. movie clip they might. Yeah, I think that's that's a I thing they can that, do. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. no! Why'd you put that idea in my head? I mean, if you think that that's what's really gonna happen, and then they do literally anything else, you're gonna be like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm like, crapping on. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, exactly. You expect disappointment. And then you'll always be surprised with the results. But I, I don't want to say like I'm crapping on the Mario movie because I, I think it's going to be fine. It's going to be cute and fun and it's going to make a, a trillion dollars. It'll be a billion. Yeah. It'll make a billion. I betcha. Yeah. And it, uh, I, I know that I'm going to see it even though, even if the reviews are bad. <laughs> I hope uh, Doug Bowser is there and I hope he is wearing a Bowser suit. That's all I care about. Thank you. Do we want to that take be- bets on the trailer having boy the boys are back in town? Yeah. Okay. I I think that that is it's a very definitely real going possibility. To do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we're gonna see Mario turn to the camera like this, and he's gonna throw his hat, and then it's just gonna show us everything. I'm I'm writing the trailer right now. You can hire me, Nintendo. Um, but it works out perfectly. Because that is all the time that we have for today on Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your questions to NVC at IGN.com or on the post on the NVC Facebook page. Thank you again, Reb Valentine, for being on our show and traveling and dealing with the technical difficulties. We absolutely appreciate it and we love it when you're on the show. You're like Thank one you of my favorites. And I didn't hear what you said to just <laughs> put a little Thank exclamation point on the technical time. difficulties. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you to uh, Red on the ones and twos for being such a pro and Logan behind the scenes for helping put everything together. Most of all, thanks to all of you for hanging out with us. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. thing. Get the thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.